0: Welcome to Big Papa Rob's podcast, Story Rewind, The Missing. I'm Big Papa Rob. Each of my stories are about one of many missing people out there. I rewind the story of a missing person in hopes that someone will hear this story and can share information to help find this missing person. There is always someone who knows something that can help find this missing person. The story I will tell you today is about Sarah Epperson, a beautiful 26-year-old that went missing March 2nd, 2023 from Riddick, Florida. There are lots of moving parts in this case and a sister that is determined to find out what happened to her sister. This story will be a little different today because almost all of my information comes directly from Michelle, Sarah's older sister. Now let's rewind this story to the very beginning of Sarah's life. Sarah Epperson was born September 18th, 1996. Sarah is the youngest of seven children. Sarah was one or two years old when she and her older sister went to live with their uncle and aunt who raised them in Sarasota, Florida. When Sarah was 14, she went and stayed with her older sister, Michelle. When Sarah turned 18, she moved out and married a young man that lived just down the road from her sister, Michelle. But like many young couples... They married quickly and too young and wasn't really ready for marriage. The marriage fell apart within a year. Sarah is described by her sister as a free spirit. She always tries to see the good in everything and everyone. She loved to explore and was ready for almost any adventure. It sounds like she was one of those that would try anything once. During my investigation of this story, I came across a lot of pictures of this young lady, and one thing I noticed in all of her pictures was the carefree smile and sparkle in her eye. Around 2016-ish, we will say, she meets up with Joseph, who is 19 years older than her. According to Michelle, he was very controlling from the very beginning as she described him It seems that he was grooming her and would cut her off from family and friends. Every time she would try to leave him, he would track her down and convince her or continually stalk her till she would come back to him. Around that time, she became pregnant. It appears that the relationship became more than just mental abuse. It then became physical, and a restraining order was issued. In April 2018, Sarah had a beautiful blonde-haired daughter. Once Sarah's daughter was born and the restraining order had expired, Joseph came back around again, showing up in Florida. He appeared to reach out to Sarah, convincing her that he was working and was on vacation and wanted to see her and his little girl. Sarah, being the trusting soul that she is, went to meet him, and this turned into, as Sarah's sister put it, Sarah being held hostage. He wouldn't let her leave, wouldn't let her communicate with family, and threatened to keep her little girl. At one point, after a car accident, he convinced Sarah that he needed the little girl's birth certificate in regards to a lawsuit. He was somehow then able to take and get the little girl's name changed, without her knowledge, and get a new Social Security card issued, then made up an abuse story to get custody of their little girl. Joseph used their little girl as a pawn to control Sarah and to get money from Sarah. As a result, Sarah and Joseph were in and out of court fighting custody and visitation too many times to count. A couple of days before March 2nd, 2023, Sarah had told her sister Michelle that when she got off work on March 2nd, she was going to go to the hotel where Joseph stayed and give him money to bribe him to let her see her daughter. On March 2nd, Sarah went to work at a club where she was a dancer. It appears that she may have worked from 3 to 7 that day. According to Michelle, Sarah messaged her around 7 p.m. to see if she could come pick her up. But unfortunately, her sister wasn't able to do that. At 7.50 p.m., she messaged Michelle again to tell Michelle's kids hi and that she loves them. Michelle got another message at around 10.11 that stated that she was getting into a random truck with some cowboys and that she hoped that they took her for a ride. Unfortunately, this was the last time she heard from Sarah. March 3rd, 2023. Michelle tried calling Sarah, and the phone went straight to voicemail. She knew something was wrong. Later, her fears were confirmed when Sarah's roommate messaged Michelle asking if she had heard from Sarah. And she told her that she hadn't. This quickly concerned Michelle and the roommate because Sarah was not one to ignore messages and calls from them. That day, the roommate attempted to file a missing persons report on Sarah, but the police told her that she would have to wait at least a week to see if Sarah returned. By March 5th, both Sarah's sister and the roommate had quickly started making posts to Facebook asking friends to help find Sarah. By this time, they had already tracked down some of Sarah's last movements across the street from a Circle K where Sarah had met up with the cowboys that she had texted her sister about. Finally, on March 8th, the police opened an investigation due to the persistence of Sarah's roommate. March 9th, Sarah's roommate was able to pay to have Sarah's cell phone ping record from its last location. Unfortunately, the report didn't show the time or date, but the phone ping was near Livingston Lake, just outside of Avon Park, Florida, which was about 153 miles away. There was a search of the area, but nothing was found. Michelle Sarah's sister, has been relentless in trying to locate her sister. In many areas of this investigation, she is doing the legwork and investigating leads and then providing her findings to the police. April 9th, Michelle had tracked down the truck that Sarah was reported to have been last seen getting into. She passed along the tag and VIN numbers to the Marion County Sheriff's Office. The Sheriff's Office located the men and cleared them of her disappearance. During the investigation, one of the men in the truck and Sarah was dropped off at the duplex he lived at, and he and another couple that shared the other half of the duplex had drinks together. They stated that Sarah left sometime between 3 a.m and 5 a.m. on March 3rd with someone that they assumed was an Uber driver in a dark blue or black vehicle. The driver was possibly Mexican, long hair to shoulders. They also stated that Sarah seemed to know the person because it appeared that she was texting them before this person arrived. It was later found out that after she had left the first time, about 20 minutes later, they returned because Sarah had forgot her wallet. Later in the police investigation, they verified that there was no record of an Uber picking up Sarah. Michelle was able to get into Sarah's iCloud, social media accounts, and her other saved contacts in Google. That information showed that Sarah was taking pictures until one twenty-two a.m. and YouTube activity till 2.57 a.m. One thing to note is that there had not been any social media updates since she went missing, including a site that she was making money on. Armed with new information, Michelle found three contacts in Sarah's Google Contacts that had Uber in the description. She started making phone calls. Two of the contacts responded quickly, but the third was contacted in September and then blocked her. Long story short, Michelle was finally able to get him to respond and verified that he did have a black Jetta and did drive for Uber, but claimed he didn't know Sarah. Strange that Sarah had his contact information if he didn't know her. This guy also fit the description that was given. He wasn't Mexican, but was American Indian, with dark hair to shoulders. It was recently discovered that he had sold the black Jetta that he had, and Michelle found it at a salvage yard. It came to find out that he sold it as junk on September 15th. Michelle turned over all the information that she had to the police in September, then when she tracked down the black Jetta at the salvage yard in Gainesville, Florida, in the first week of November, She called their police out to take forensic samples from what was left of the car so that they could send it to the Marion County Sheriff's Office. She's now waiting to see what the Marion County Sheriff's Office detective is going to do with this evidence. So far, they appear to be dragging their feet, all the while Michelle is doing the investigative work on her sister's case. I wanted to add something to this story. Even though Uber stated that they didn't have any record of picking up Sarah the night that she went missing, many Uber drivers and Lyft drivers will give out their phone numbers to regular customers so that they can bypass the driving companies and they make more profit. This is a perfect example of why not to bypass the driving companies when a driver gives you their phone number. If Sarah had used Uber, there would have been a record of when she was picked up and where she was taken to. As Michelle says on her Facebook page, the driver of the Jetta is suspect number two. Let's take a look at Michelle's suspect number one. This would be Sarah's ex we talked about earlier, Joseph. Michelle found out that Sarah had made a $1,000 the night that she worked. And as Sarah had stated a couple of days before, March 2nd, she had planned to go to Joseph, who was staying at a hotel he worked at, and was going to try to give him her earnings so that she could see her little girl. At this time, we don't know for sure if she made it to the hotel or not. Or if she did... Did something happen to her there? I couldn't find any information at the very beginning of Sarah's case confirming if the police talked to Joseph about Sarah's disappearance. But assume that they would have, since that's generally what most departments would do. It's standard practice to investigate spouses or exes and other persons close to the victim. March 29th, Joseph was arrested on battery charges in regards to battery of a 65-year-old person that resulted in injuries indicating that he had brain bleed from the injuries. There are also reports that he had made comments to people that Sarah is dead. We know April 10th, he was fired from his job at the hotel when they found out he was using an additional hotel room for storage. April 24th, Joseph allegedly broke into the hotel office with a spare key he had made and shut down the security systems. My question is why? Why do this unless you're trying to hide something? Now that the hotel owners know that there's a second room he was using, was he trying to move something out of that room that he didn't want anyone to see? The hotel had to go through an eviction process to get him out, and they finally evicted him from the two rooms that he was occupying on July 25th. He was evicted and had a moving company come and remove everything from the rooms, including the beds, furniture, that the hotel owned. Once he had vacated the two rooms... Michelle tried to get the Marion County Sheriff's Office to collect forensic evidence from the rooms. When they wouldn't, she attempted to do it herself. A COLA Police Department did finally try to come and collect forensics from the room after Michelle had been in the room, but stated that it was contaminated at this point and couldn't take anything into evidence. Michelle recalls seeing handprints and stains and other things that was suspicious in the room. Another thing that adds suspicion to Joseph is what Michelle has stated being missing from Sarah's home. The only things that went missing is legal paperwork she kept showing her daughter's name change, a binder of legal documents containing Joseph's criminal history from 2000 to 2019, and a teddy bear with her daughter's name on it from when she was born. These are very odd things to have been taken, and if you're thinking Sarah may have taken them, her makeup and other toiletries and all of her other belongings were still in the house. A record search found him involved in several criminal cases and many lawsuits. From what I could tell, Sarah and him had been in family court alone 288 times since 2019. There are many speculations of other women that have been abused and stalked by this man. As of right now, he has left Florida and moved to Louisville, Kentucky, which I believe is where he had lived before he moved to Florida. Unfortunately, this is where the case is today. When putting this story together, I found that Fox 35 News did a story about Sarah on November 8th. In in this story, the Sheriff's Office stated that they are not naming suspects or persons of interest at this time. I found the following statement from Marion County Sheriff's Office Facebook page and wanted to include their version of the events of Sarah's case. On November 7th, Marion County Sheriff's Office released an updated statement on their Facebook page, which I have shared a link in the reference material section of my show notes. This is just part of what they shared. What we know for certain is that on March 2nd, Sarah was given a ride from a convenience store to a residence located at 18080 North U.S. Highway 441 in Riddick, Florida. She was dropped off there, along with James Robinson, who lived at the address. She spent some amount of time that night with Mr. Robinson, who resided in one half of the subdivided residence, as well as James Schaller? and Tisha McDermott, a couple who resided in the other half of the subdivided residence. That's the end of what we know for certain that night. Sometime after midnight, Sarah either left the residence alive or she didn't. If the residents of that house are to be believed, she left the house in a newer model blue sedan, possibly a Hyundai driven by a man who is described as being a driver for Uber and who was Hispanic in his mid-30s, approximately 5'8 tall and with a thin build and long, dark hair. If Sarah didn't leave the residence alive, it means that something happened to her while she was there and that the story of the Uber driver was fabricated to send detectives down a rabbit hole. For what it's worth, detectives have confirmed that Sarah did not order any Uber services on the night of her disappearance, but have not ruled out that the possibility that she could have left with a third party. Detectives are actively working to investigate whether that occurred, including determining whether a Gainesville-based Uber driver who owned a dark-colored sedan, could have given Sarah an off-the-books ride on March 3rd, 2023. Besides investigating these possibilities, detectives are investigating additional tips that point to the involvement of other person in Sarah's disappearance. We know that this investigation has been the subject of many speculation on social media, including by those who are trying to conduct their own investigation into Sarah's disappearance. We fully understand that those who love Sarah want to uncover the truth about what happened to her, and we share the same goal, but we also have the goal of ensuring that if somebody killed Sarah or committed any other crime related to her disappearance, they can and will be held fully accountable in the court of law. That requires that evidence, including the statements of witnesses and persons of interest, be gathered meticulously and methodically with a definite plan in mind. When individuals conducting their own investigation try to do the work of law enforcement, they can unknowingly taint the statements of witnesses, contaminate possible crime scenes, and cast doubt on the integrity of any evidence that they may uncover. They may tip off criminals about existence of evidence that could implicate them in other crimes, which gives them the opportunity to take steps to thwart law enforcement's investigation or tailor future statements to fit the evidence they know exists. Worse yet, they may falsely accuse somebody of having taken part in a crime which not only suspects an innocent person to harassment and ridicule, but also makes them less likely to cooperate with the investigation. This results in detectives having to spend unnecessary amounts of time obtaining information from these persons which take time away from following up on valuable leads. In short, It works contrary to the goals of finding out the truth about what happened to Sarah and holding accountability to anybody who played a role in her disappearance. With all of that said, and with those things in mind, we are asking that if any member of the public has information that may help shed light on Sarah's disappearance, to please report it directly to the Marion County Sheriff's Office Or if you wish to remain anonymous, to Crime Stoppers. Our detectives are committed to fully investigating every lead that they are provided, and we continue to investigate tips that we receive about this case, including tips that have arrived in recent days as information becomes available. We will continue to release it to the public if it will further the goal of finding Sarah and anybody who may have. Committed acts of wrongdoing in connections to her disappearance. As I said when I started that, that was the statement released by the Marion County Sheriff's Office. I know Michelle is frustrated on how the investigation has been handled and the speed at which they are doing it. She stated it took three months before they went to Sarah's residence to investigate if anything was missing. And as I told you earlier, She's been hitting the dirt finding clues and giving the sheriff's department leads, but it doesn't appear that they're doing anything with them. Let's recap Sarah's information. Sarah Gail Eppersol went missing from Reddick, Florida, in the early hours of March 3rd, leaving in a black or dark sedan between the hours of 3 and 5 a.m., Sarah is five foot one inches tall, weighing 116 pounds, has dirty blonde to light brunette hair to shoulders. Her eyes are blue. She has a Coca tattoo on her right hip in black. Sarah was 26 when she went missing, but has had a birthday since then. If you have any information, please contact the Marion County Sheriff's Office at 352-732-9111. Case number MCS-0230FF005233. The stories I tell about the missing, I hope, arms you with new information about a missing person that might lead to finding them. Additionally, I hope that you will share the information about this person in hopes that by sharing, it may lead to locating this person. As with almost all missing persons cases, there is someone out there that knows something. Please come forward and contact the authorities if you know anything. Once again, I'm Big Papa Rob, and this was an independent podcast called Story Rewind. Story Rewind, The Missing, is written, produced, and edited by Big Papa Rob. I couldn't do this without the support of my wonderful wife, a.k.a. Big Mama, For a donation to help me cover my operating costs, you can buy me a cup of coffee. You can find the link in my show notes or on my social media pages. Your support would be greatly appreciated. I would appreciate a five-star rating if you listen to my podcast through Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have a story idea, please contact me through my social media. A link to all my social media accounts is listed in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. Today's music was The Shield by Hot Dope from Pixabet. This was a Big Papa Rob podcast 2023. See the show notes for links to the reference material used in this podcast.